Y'all listen, the gospel is simple. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 talks about it. It's very simple. So I want you to watch me. It's as simple as ABC backwards. ABC backwards. You ready? It's very simple. Jesus crucified. You see the cross? Crucified, buried, and arose. CBA. Jesus crucified, buried, and arose. Yesterday, those that were getting baptized, we met up here and we talked about the simplicity of the gospel. Crucified, buried, and arose. Now, our response to that message is very simple. It's as simple as ABC. Accept, believe, and confess. Accept, believe, and confess. Right? Crucified, buried, and arose. That's the message. And the simplicity is accept, believe, and confess. Somebody might say, where's repentance in that? I will tell you where repentance is. We're born into this world in slavery. We're going away from the cross. We are slaves to sin and death. Headed this way. We're dead. We're, we're zombies. We're the walking dead. Zombie apocalypse. That's the way we are. We're born dead. Repentance is this. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 verse 9 says, Paul says, I know the manner of how you, how you receive the gospel. It says how you turn to God, and there's a, there's a, a process in this. Turn to God from sin to serve the living and true God. Now, some would say, repentance means you turn from all your sin. Look, let me tell you something. This is for free. You ain't got the power and authority to turn from sin without him. So it's important you turn to him first. It's important you know his love first. Jesus said, I came into the world not to condemn the world, but that the world through me might be saved. He that doesn't believe is already condemned. We're already walking dead people. But when we turn to God from our idols, you don't turn from our idols to God. We don't even know where to go. Turn to God from our idols to serve the living and true God. That's repentance. Repentance is a change of mind and a change of heart that results in a change of action. If you want to be, someone say, you've got to repent. You've got to turn away from your sin and stop sinning. Well, how much sin do you have to stop? You see, we got the, we got the order mixed up. Turn to God from our sin to serve the living and true God. All right, watch this now. Crucified, buried, and arose. This is a picture of the gospel. Watch this. There's Jesus, and here's the water. Okay, he was baptized. That's one of the reasons we want to be baptized, because he did it. If he did it, and he said he did it so that he could fulfill righteousness, if Jesus did it, then we want to do it, because we want to follow Jesus, right? So, but it's a picture of, it's a picture of the gospel. Here's the ground. Jesus crucified, buried and arose. Now some of, look at that. Some of the young people are already doing that. 
They were in that baptism class yesterday. Y'all try it with me. Come on, humor me. Put your arm out there and put your other arm up there. There you go. Jesus, yeah, some of you are doing this, and it doesn't matter which one you got. Try it. Okay, here we go. Jesus crucified and then buried and arose. Crucified, buried, and arose. Y'all, I, I, was, I was teaching on this and, and in Texas one time, and uh, some of the youth came up and said, don't ever do that again. I said, why? They said, because we got a better way to do it. Oh, yeah, we're going there. I already asked one of them to help me, and I saw his brother sitting beside him doing it too just then, and they were kind of doing a little thing while they did it. Austin, Nick, do you think you guys could come up here and help me with that? Here's what they told me. Get, hey, this is family, ser family service, so anything's, I'm free to do whatever I need to do, right? Right? So they came up and they said, the, the, these, these uh, students said, hey, look, don't do that. We want you to do it as a whip and a nay-nay. <laughs> and so <laughs> I'm going to do it with them. This is a show of generational stuff, okay? I, I, I don't have the rhythm and, oh, not Facebook Live. At least just do a video. I see those coming out, all right? Okay. <laughs> but this is simplicity of the gospel, y'all, right? Okay, I'm going to do it in my uncoordinated way, and they're going to try to do it their way, all right? But, hey, multi-generational. Here we go. Ready? Jesus crucified, buried. And arose, hey, hey, hey. Crucified, buried, arose, hey, hey, hey. Crucified, buried, arose, hey, hey, hey. Thank you. Thank you, man. Thank you. Look, you can't unsee that. That's going to stick with you. The gospel is simple. Paul said, I'm concerned that your minds may be pulled away from the simplicity and purity of devotion to Jesus. Y'all, we make church so, so churchy. It's not about churchianity. It's not about brick. It's not about brickiology. This is about Jesus. It's not about religion. It's about relationship. Y'all listen, it's like a little kid that comes and goes, I burned my hand. How'd you burn your hand? I put it on the stove. Don't ever do that again. <laughs> right? Does that child repent? No. Back over there next day, I burned my hand again. Don't put it on the stove. Why does God give us commandments? Listen, he gives us commandments not just because he wants to restrict your fun. The word says there's pleasure in sin, but it's only for a season. It's short-lived. Sin is a copy of what God's original plan is for us. It's a warping of what God's plan is for us. He made us in his image. He created us in his image, and we just kind of blew it. I mean, after all, we're walking zombies. Apocalypse. Walking dead. We don't know what we're doing. But listen, when Jesus does a heart change in us, we reckon, look, you don't break God's laws. You don't. God's laws break us. 
And the reason his laws are there is because he created us and knew how he created us. He's not confused, y'all. We are. <laughs> if we would get in line with what the word of God says, then things would be a whole lot better. The Bible's clear. Right? And I'm not trying to be mean or anything. I'm just telling you, don't put your hand on the stove. That's not what the stove was made for. It's not for putting your hand on it. Right? I didn't plan to say any of this. Look what y'all have done. <laughs> so look, you don't break God's laws. Try this. Somebody try to break the law of gravity. Get on top of this building right there at the peak and just jump off. I'm going to defy the laws of gravity. <laughs> oh, oh, well. God sets things up for his glory and for our good. He knows what's best. But when we're broken and when we're living in the law of sin and death, the pain, the hurt. And folks, we got folks in church that don't know how to love because they had not received love because they've been putting their hand on the stove all the time. And they're living as a victim. Lord, are you trying to get my attention? What was that? You hear what I'm saying? Just say yes to Jesus. That's where it begins. And then he starts writing his laws on your heart. And when you understand what's in his word, and you understand it's not to restrict you, but that you understand the fullness of what he's created you to and for. Lord. While we go out into the world and say, you turn, turn or burn right now. Hey, y'all, we haven't even told them what to turn to yet. We're just saying, stop going that direction. They go, well, well what direction do I go? No, give them Jesus. Let them see the love of God through the cross. That compels us to come to him. You hear me? I feel like I'm over here more than I am over there. And it might be because there's more people over here. And it might be because y'all are going, hmm, yeah. Okay, there we go. Y'all receive this. Let it go deep. Let the seeds of the word of God go deep into your being. Let's look at the word. Let's look at, let's jump right in there. Look at, let's turn to, let, uh, let's, let's see Jesus be baptized first. Let's turn to Matthew just going to read some scripture really quickly here. Everybody okay? So Matthew chapter, well, you know what? I've got two things in Matthew I'm going to say. Let's start in verse 13. 3.13. Thank you, Keith. Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. But John tried to stop him saying, I need to be baptized by you, and yet you come to me? Jesus answered him, allow it for now, because this is the way for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he allowed him to be baptized. And Jesus was baptized. He went up immediately from the water. 
the heavens suddenly opened up for him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming down on him. And there came a voice from heaven, this is my beloved son, I take delight in him. Wow, is that not beautiful? You know, it's right after that that he gets, goes into temptation there. And the very first thing that, that Satan tries to tempt him about is his identity. What the father was saying, you are my son in whom I'm well pleased. And, and, the, and Satan says, if you are the son of God, turn to Romans chapter 6. We're going to talk about baptism first, then we'll go to communion. Romans 6, we'll look at that in just a second. I want you to think about Jesus being baptized. Whenever I baptize somebody, I always try to say, look, it was special for Jesus. Let it be special for you. This is a testimony for everybody there, but it could be that God wants to say something over you. So get your ears tuned to him. Wouldn't it be cool if you could hear God say, this is my beloved son, this is my beloved daughter in whom I'm well pleased. Wouldn't that be awesome? That's not a kid that's got all the, you know, it's kind of like we've got a tangled up ball of yarn and we run to, to, to Jesus and we say, wait, we run to Jesus and we say, here, and he goes, fair hug, give me that thing, I'll fit, sort that out. And he begins to unwind that and untangle it and bring order to our lives, right? That begins at baptism. It begins at a heart change inside of us. Baptism is a picture of what's happened inside of us, right? We were baptizing some in Cambodia a few years back. Tim Bowden and I were there together, 30-something uh, folks there to be baptized. And I asked him, I said, how, how many of you have ever been, have seen a baptism? Nobody raised their hand, including the Chinese pastor, peasant farmer, who was going to baptize, because I wasn't going to baptize. I wanted them to do it. Some of our personnel in Cambodia had, had led these people to the Lord. It was 30-something people. They got out there, y'all. It was in a big lake, out in public. Baptism's supposed to be in public. I like it. Don't just do it in your bathroom, in the tub. If you do, fill the bathroom up with people so that they can all celebrate. Right? It's a picture, a testimony. Right? So in Cambodia... I said, how many of you? And I did my crucified, buried, in a rose. I did it simply with them. I probably didn't do it with the nene. But in the end, they got out there on the lake. The pastor goes out. And as he's out there ready to baptize, we sent the first person out there. And they got out there to him. Y'all, <laughs> it was kind of funny because he had never baptized. He'd never seen anybody baptized, and he was a pastor. Okay? So the first one, he takes him under the water. And I'm standing on the bank going, bring him up. And he's just like holding him there. And I was going, is he going to bring him up? Bring him up, you know. Go, what's going on? You're going to kill a guy, you know. And, and pretty soon this head pops up and everybody celebrates. I was like, whoa, that's cool. 30-something people went out there and were baptized that day. What a glorious event. After it was over, we were standing holding hands together. And I said, y'all, let's pray. Now, I hadn't seen anything, any glorious supernatural manifestation. But as we held hands and began to pray, at one point, I looked up into the sky. And I, and I saw the sun right overhead. And y'all, there was a rainbow around the sun, a circular rainbow around the sun. 
I've never seen anything like it. The full circle, not like a rainbow, but around the sun. I went, y'all look. And everybody, ah! and they'd never seen anything. They were blown away. It was something of the favor of God that was being spoken out there. And Tim Bowden says, you realize that there are circular rainbows in Revelation in two different places. And he gave me the chapter and verses of them. And I looked them up, and sure enough, they were there. Baptism is following the, the model of Jesus. It's obeying him because he tells us to be baptized and to baptize others. But it's also a picture of the, of the gospel. Crucified, buried, and arose. So when somebody goes down in that water, it's a picture of Jesus dying on the cross, being buried, and raised. Got it? Now let's look at Romans chapter 6. Let's just read this. What did I do about glasses? Oh, there they are. Romans chapter 6. Those of you that see us older people with glasses on the end of our nose, peering over the top, we're not doing it just to look cool. Okay? You'll understand one day. Romans chapter 6, verse 1. Listen to this. What should we say then? Should we continue in sin so that grace may multiply, may, grace may abound? Should we continue in this when we've been renewed and have life in Jesus? Paul says, absolutely not. Don't continue in sin. How can we who are, have died to sin still live in it? Or are you unaware that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? When, when, when we do the baptism thing, it's a picture of what's happened on the inside of us. We have died and we were raised with him. Look what it says, verse 4. Therefore, we were buried with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, so we too may walk in a new way of life. You're going to hear me say that every time I baptize somebody in this. Buried with him in baptism and raised to walk in newness of life. That's a simple gospel. Not continuing in sin. Going back to the original manual as Mama Page sometimes shares with us. Verse 5, for if we've been joined with him in likeness of his death, we cer will certainly also be in the likeness of his resurrection. For we know that our old self was crucified with him in order that sin's dominion over the body may be abolished so that we may no longer be enslaved to sin. Wow, that's some good news, y'all. Sin does not have the hold on us anymore. Jesus has broken that. So that we may no longer be enslaved to sin. Verse 7. Since a person who has died is freed from sin's claim. Now if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. Because we know that Christ, having been raised from the dead, will not die again. Death no longer rules over him. For in, the light, in light of the fact that he died, he died to sin once for all. But in light of the fact that he lives, he lives to God. So you too, consider yourselves dead to sin. Say this out loud with me. I am dead to sin. Say it. I am dead to sin. Through Jesus, I am dead to sin. Say it with me. I am dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ. It's not enough just to be dead, y'all. You've been to that church? I'm talking about the ones 
where the folks look like they've been sucking on green persimmons. Right, William? I tricked William with green persimmon one time. I said, pick a nice green one. Try it. He said, what is this? Sent me a picture. I said, try it. Get a good green one. Can you believe I did that? That's abusive. I said, yeah. So he doesn't trust me anymore. Go ahead and say, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but have you been there? They look like they're dead to sin, but they ain't come alive yet. Let me give you some good news. You can be like me if you trust Jesus. Why, they look like they've been baptized in pickle juice. No, we got good news. Say good news with me. Right? So we are dead to sin, but it doesn't stop there. We're raised to walk in newness of life. Look, when, when Jesus does a work on the inside of us, it affects everything around us. People start noticing. And you know what? Things start falling off of us. Weird things happen. Right? <laughs> Aren't you encouraged? I am. I'm just encouraging myself. What are you trying to say? <laughs> Y'all, I, I got to tell you a little story. This last week, I got a phone call from a number that I didn't know. It ever happened to you? Okay. So I didn't answer it, but I tried to find out who it was by Googling it and it couldn't tell me. So I just tried to call back. They didn't answer. But they texted me back and they said, who is this? And I said, well, you called me at 527. Why did you call me? They said, who is this? And I said, tell me why you called and I'll tell you who it is. They said, who is this? And I said, look, last chance. I'm about to block you. You're probably a telemarketer and I don't need to buy anything. So, but God does bring people to me. So if you are in need, I will pray for you, but you've got to tell me why you called or else I'm about to block you. They, they wrote back and said, I'm not a telemarketer. I'm not a bill collector and I do need prayer and I do need help. I said, hi, my name is Johnny. <laughs> and they said, hi, I'm Jennifer. I said, Jennifer, how might I be able to pray for you? <laughs> she said, relationship-wise, finance-wise, and addiction-wise. And I said, run to Jesus. That's it. Run to him. Run to him now. Say, Jesus, I'm running to you. The text said, I just prayed that. He said, I still need help. And I said, well, fix your eyes on Jesus. And, they, and, and I said, Jennifer, he's there waiting for you. And the next text came back and said, this is not Jennifer. It's Jennifer's son. And I've just prayed everything you told me to pray. I'm going, okay, that's cool. All right, young man. I can say young man because I'm one of the older guys now. I said, all right, young man, what's your name? He told me. And I began to address him. Y'all, he said, I'm praying everything you've said, but there's still something that's got to happen. He said, would you please tell me what to pray? <laughs> oh, my goodness. I just simply wrote out a prayer of trusting Jesus as Lord and Savior, accepting him 
Um, Ian, thank you for volunteering. You've been voluntold. All right, so I'm going to give you something. All right. Oh, it's, it's a good thing. Okay, check it out. It's a penny that has a cross stamped in it. Pretty cool, hey? I'm going to give it to you. Let me just tell you about it first. So this is a cross, it's a cross penny, and it's free. I give these out places all around. I get to share people, share people Jesus. The Bible says if we receive him and believe in him, we will be called the, the children of God if we receive him and believe in him. So receiving him, the word says all of sin and come short of the glory of God. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is, is uh, eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. It's a gift. Just like I'm giving you this, the gospel is a gift that we have to receive. Okay? All right, now, I'm asking you all to participate with me. Do you all believe I'm going to give this to Ian? Am I? Any question about it? You think I'm going to do it? Am I giving it to him? Uh, oh, yeah, I am. I'm giving it to him. Just hang on a second. Here we go. I'm giving this gift to him. Do you believe that I'm giving it? Wait a minute. Don't, <laughs> don't mess my story up. I'm giving this to him. You see me giving it to him, right? You believe I'm giving it to him? Do you realize that God gives the gift of Jesus to every man and woman in this world? He's extending his hand like this to us with that gift. Am I giving this to Ian? Is it his yet? When does it become his? Bam, now it's yours and you don't give that back. That's yours now. It's free. It's given to you. That's the gospel message, y'all. Turning, we're going this way and we turn to God from idols to serve the living and true God. And as we do, we receive the gift. It's like believing. Watch this. Receive and believe. I believe this stool will hold me up. Do, you, do I believe that? Do you believe I believe it? Do you believe that you believe that I believe that I'm doing, that it will hold me up? I believe it will hold me up. Really? Do I? Not really. How about now? Do I believe it will hold me up? Kinda. How about now? I believe that it will hold me up. Almost closer. Paul says closer. How about this? Now I've put my complete trust and belief in this chair. We put our complete trust and belief in Jesus. That's simple gospel, y'all. We do that on the inside, and we show it on the outside as a testimony to other folk that I no longer live. I am crucified with him. Nevertheless, I live. It's not me, but Christ who lives in me. I've been buried with him in baptism and raised to walk in newness of life. Isn't that exciting? Okay, that's the gospel. Let me just hit one other thing quickly and we'll dive into baptism. Thank you. <laughs> I've been concerned about folks being sick and injured and ill around. Have y'all noticed a lot of people have been sick and ill? And I've been praying. I mean, weird things coming along. This is not the full answer to that, but I really felt like the Lord wanted us to look at it. 1 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 27. I'm just going to read uh, just a couple of verses. Verse 18 says this. 
For to begin with, I hear that when you come together as a church, there are divisions among you. And in, and in part, I believe it. Divisions. Ever, ever, anybody seen a church divided? You ever seen brothers and sisters fighting? When we're born again in the kingdom, we become children of, of God. God delights to come with his children who meet together in unity. But when we're fighting each other, sometimes he has to come with a rod of reproof. Right? So look at this in verse 27. It says, it gives the picture right before of Jesus and what he says. But verse 27 says, Therefore, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy way will be guilty of sin against the body and the blood of the Lord. So a man should examine himself in his way, should he eat the bread and drink from the cup. Now, in the churches that I grew up in and hung out with, that meant that for everybody, when it came to communion time, everybody went and got really sad. Let me tell you something. Communion's not a sad time. It's a rejoicing time. He says, do this until I come again. You're proclaiming my death until I come again. It's like going, cheers! Ha! Victory! But we get all sad, and we go, God, is there any sin in my life? Am I really worthy? Look, it's not about that. What it's about is judging the body rightly. There have been divisions there. Folks have been not getting along. And he says about it, look, look what he says. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 29. For whoever eats and drinks and rec without recognizing the body, eats and drinks judgment on himself. This is why many are sick and ill among you, and many have fallen asleep. That means died. Because they weren't in right relationship with each other. If somebody's offended you, go to them and get it right. If you've offended somebody else, go to them and get it right. And Romans 12 says, as much as lies within you, be at peace with all men. That means you do what you can do and let God do the rest. There's some folks you can't get it right with. But you need to at least make that effort. You understand? If we take the, the we do it a little bit different. We break off a piece of bread. We dip it in the, the, uh, the cup. This is a grape juice. You dip it in the cup. We even have gluten-free in the center. You dip it in the cup. And you remember his blood that was shed for us and his body that was bro broken for us. And we remember Jesus. But it's a proclamation. We're doing this until he comes again. It's a victory chant. Got it? But before you do that, would you ask this question? God, is there somebody I need to go to to get things right with? Gossip is rampant in the world. And it's not just on CNN and Fox News. It's in the church. And it's not just speaking, but it's hearing. If you give ears to gossip, you're participating in it. Somebody comes to you talking about somebody else, you say, let's go talk to them. Grab them by the hand. That'll stop a lot of folks from gossiping, at least to you. You can say it once, but next time you come to me, we're, I'm taking your hand. We're going to go talk to them. Don't take communion when you know there's brokenness between you and somebody else in the body of Christ and you haven't done something about it. You can take communion today if you at least resolve in your heart that you're going to do as much as it within you to live at peace with others. God wants to bless his children, but if his children are fighting, he comes with a rod of reproof. 
if his children are playing together nicely, even though they disagree, he says, can I play? That's what worship is. When we're worshiping him, we're all unified and going, Jesus. And he's going, yes, my children. Smack. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey, Johnny, don't do that. That's spanky. You. you hear what I'm saying? Get your relationships right. Husbands and wives. Parents with children. Children with parents. Brothers and sisters. That's what communion is about.